Carry on my wayward son. I'm Jeremy Green. I'm Chris Mosier. Lay your weary head to rest. And I'm Stephen Faith. Don't you cry no more. And this is Monster of the Week, a creepy but necessary podcast about the TV show Supernatural. And uh, man, we are we are back with three more episodes and I'm still kind of into this show, despite one of these episodes being pretty terrible. How about you boys? Are you doing okay today? Everything's good? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Everything's good. Um, why don't you catch us up with what we have done so far, Stephen? Sure. So, previously on Monster of the Week, Sam and Dean run across a shapeshifter that has a knack for imitating main characters and taking up family drama. Sam begins the healing process of Jess's death by getting real creepy with the minister's daughter who happens to be tethered <laughs> to, to a hook-wielding ghost that saw urban legend one too many times. And finally, a not-so-subtle allegory for Sam and his dad is played out between a bug-loving boy and his realtor father over what happens to be a Native American burial ground. Progress was the real monster there. I want bug-loving boy to be written on my grave when I die. <laughs> sure, yeah. Here I mean, lies Chris, a bug-loving boy. <laughs> <clears throat> so, yeah. Despite... Well, let's get into yeah, it. Yeah, okay, uh, okay. Go ahead, Chris. Go ahead, go ahead. Uh, no, let's just let's just start with uh, with episode nine, Home. Ready? The, the synopsis yep. that I still pretend that Stephen wrote. Mm-hmm. After 22 years, Sam and Dean return to their childhood home. Now, another beautiful young mother lives there, and if Sam's nightmares are correct, she may be threatened by the same evil that killed Mary Winchester. Thanks for stopping to let us know that she's beautiful and young. Yeah. This is what I, saw, I like, I'm writing super this out. unnecessary I'm like, adjective kind. Well, they have to get Dean interested somehow. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Oh man! Um, I guess before we get into it, uh, I'd I'd really like this episode. I had, and I guess you know, if you're listening to the podcast, like spoilers or whatever. But like, I had totally forgotten that uh, Mama Winchester shows up in this. So like, I'm watching the episode for probably the third time in my life, and like all of a sudden, like she's there, and I was like, oh shit, I totally forgot about this. Like, did you guys remember that this was coming? Because I totally oh, yeah. forgot. Yep, this is actually like uh, the. I mean, I. I think it was like the second or third time uh, I also didn't remember. And like, I nearly would skip this episode, uh, you know, on previous rewatches. But then uh, once I actually started remembering the order of events and stuff like that, where we actually get to see Mary and stuff like this is a super important episode like this. uh, She says a thing at the end of this episode. That's really, that isn't going to get paid off. I don't think until like season three or four um, where we actually find out what is going on. What about you, Chris? Yeah, I uh, the last time I watched this, I had completely forgotten. This time, I think I remembered. I don't know. I wasn't really knowing what I was expecting going into this. Uh, what I was going to say before is that, once again, I'm surprised by how much I like an episode. Uh, mm. It's been pretty good. Even like like last episode, we were saying how Bugs was like, I thought it was a real stinker. But I ended up liking it this time around because of like the boys. Uh, but this episode, yeah, really, really great. I didn't. I think I knew that Mary Winchester was coming in at the end, but I didn't know in what capacity. Uh, we'll get to it later. I- yeah, let's let's get into some uh, some nitty gritty on this episode because mm-hmm. there's there's a there's a lot to talk about. It has maybe 
it definitely has my favorite side character so far in oh, any yeah. of these episodes. And, and yeah. watching it again, like I don't understand why she's not a main character. I even looked her up to see if she went on to like go play on some other role that meant she couldn't do Supernatural. But no, they just decided not, not to use her at all, which is a goddamn shame. Yeah, that is so. a shame. Should we start with this cold open? Uh, Let's do it. The little girl is uh, she's she's a little upset. So this obviously it takes place in the, in the Winchester's old house, uh, as we discussed. Uh, and a little girl who I guess is sharing the same bedroom that Sam used to have is seeing these these figures uh, and it's freaking around. She tries to tell her mom, but her mom is like, no, you're being an idiot. Go back to bed. Your house isn't haunted. Meanwhile, she's like, mom, there's a fucking fire monster in my closet. Holy shit, please help me. <laughs> That's the thing. I've had, I've had to deal with like um, like kids wandering up to me. And fire monsters in your closet? Yeah, it sucks. Uh, it's a lot of property damage. Um, no, but like I've, I've been in situations where like little kids will come up to me and they will say it with like all earnestness, like, Hey, there's something under my bed and I have to make sure that it doesn't show on my face that that scares me a lot when <laughs> kids say that. <laughs> like, I'm still not like I obviously I know there's nothing under there. But when it is said to me, I'm just like, oh, oh, that sucks. You should probably go take care of it because I don't want to do it. <laughs> the other thing that happens is, is uh, well, there's some little you know ghostly things happening. But is it in the cold open that the mom finds the box? With yeah. Yeah, she, after after she tells uh, her daughter to go back up to the room, then she hears like skittering and stuff, and she's like, "Don't let it be rats." Which, if it's not rats, what do you want it to be? Like, what else is making that noise? It can't <laughs> be good. I like how the show again, and this goes back to my point that the show definitely does not need to be forty five minutes long. But like, they have enough room to give this woman a backstory of like, she's obviously been divorced. She mm-hmm. just bought this house and moved to it with her two kids. Like, the husband is gone. She's crying over it and all this stuff. Like, thanks for that time that will never matter again. Yeah. <laughs> like, this we will never see her again. She never gets mentioned ever again. Like, they just leave and never comes. They think they'd but, want to stop know. in at their old family home again after they saved it from demons. But no, that's it. No. Yeah. It wasn't demons. Uh, let's not get too hyperbolic, yeah, de- all right? Definitely not. <laughs> um, Steven, you have in the notes that it's interesting that John left like this box of Winchester memorabilia behind. And I, I think this is interesting too because like he's got the journal that he carries around with him as like a, as a memory thing. And like, you could just slot some more pictures in there. Just take them out of their frame. <laughs> well, I think, Why are you leaving your family stuff behind? <laughs> I think that's kind of like it kind of, we see uh, in a future episode that we cover here uh, in this episode of monster of the week that John is, he kind of actually might be a genius when it comes to this kind of stuff. Like he's so focused and obsessed on, on just hunting. Uh, because of what happened, I think that this is kind of, I don't know if it was intentional, like, or this might just be like a convenient plot thing. Like, oh, here's all these old pictures. So we know whose house this is. Um, but I, I, I thought it was really cool how it's like, John is so obsessed that he's the old him is dead now. And that this is his new life that he's, you know, like he's shedding what was his life. And now he's come into this. So he's turning from normal father into shitty father. That's the transformation process there. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but after this cold open, is this when we get into uh, well, Sam waking up from his nightmare, right? Yeah, yeah. So this is the first time we've seen um, – Sam has been having these dreams for, for a few episodes now. Uh, but they – uh, and we know, like the viewer knows that he's been having dreams about Jess. Like he he, he – had psychic dreams about his girlfriend dying before they happened. Like we know that, but the uh, Dean does not know that yet. Uh, he, ha- he starts having these nightmares about a tree 
and then says, oh, I think I recognize this tree, which, like, of course you do. It's a fucking tree. <laughs> like, <laughs> they're, like, the only distinguishing marks on a tree is that they're trees. What? <laughs> it's just so weird. To me. Like, and also that the tree, it's the same tree 30 years later. Like, uh, I, but whatever, who cares? He's a he realizes, like, there's, there's, yeah, sure, he's a he's, he's psychic for trees. Yeah. So am I, I guess. You know what I just realized why they would take away was very Missouri. Mm-hmm. Um, we'll get to her in a few minutes at the psychic character is that she portrays psychics in such a positive way that I feel like it makes uh, yeah. it less of a big deal yeah. that Sam is now developing these abilities. Uh, cause it's supposed to be something that is a Dean, especially he's kind of afraid of, but at first he's certainly trying to support Sam, but it's well, no, I don't think he's like he's he goes out of his way to make fun of it. Yeah. Like at, at one point, I think it was in the Skinwalker episode that they're walking down, and, and like Sam is like, "We got to catch this guy," and he's like, "I'm more concerned about your fucked up dreams." Right. <laughs> like, <laughs> well, he calls him Haley Joel in the focus, next episode. Baby, yeah, he's, just, he's like, "Oh, which which uh, psychic is hotter?" And he names a couple women. He's like, "Or you?" Um, so yeah, he definitely pokes fun at it. But I think that having Missouri around as a series staple at least for a little while would be it would just it would give sam some sort of like clear guidance on how to deal with all this and they don't want him to have guidance for the show no, so. it, no, it no. would normalize yeah. it and they're very much going out of their way not to normalize this now, stuff. of course he is a special uh case when it comes to this stuff within the world of supernatural but still yeah. i cracked the case you, you did it <laughs> good job <laughs> <laughs> So Sam uh, tells Dean, like, out of nowhere, like, and Dean in the meantime is, like, hunting for a case, right? Like, their dad has not left them anything to do, so he's, like, hunting for a case. And I don't remember this note that you have in here, Stephen, about a man shot himself in the head three times. I guess there yeah. wasn't paying attention. Yeah, just That's a great... <laughs> like, just what is that? Because <laughs> it's one of those, you know, oh, it doesn't sound like our kind of thing, things, where Sam is like, please, let's go look at this dream i'm having or go go back to the old house i think we need to go back there and dean's like dude but there's stuff here this guy shot himself in the head three times like we should probably look into that (laughs) that's weird and they and they probably should i agree with dean like after they get done with this (laughs) but sam has to convince dean to go uh on the strength of his dream which like dean is is very much a literal guy like he's not he's not dream journey dean at all by any means so (laughs) Um, but Sam does it, which is a testament to how much Dean is just like in for the ride on this stuff. Like if a family member tells him to go hunt a ghost, he's going to go hunt the ghost. Like yeah. it doesn't matter what it Even is. Even before they go into the house, Sam says, are you ready for this? And Dean says, no. But then he gets out of the car and he goes <laughs> in because this is like, I mean, he has this big emotional moment of saying, I promised myself I would never go back to that house, but he does it anyway. And he does it pretty willingly too. He doesn't fight Sam at all. He's like, okay, this is like a pretty big deal to you. I guess we have to go. Um, that's big, big brother Dean, just trying to be a good guy. Mm-hmm. I feel like Dean is uh, my wife every time I drag her to an X Men movie. <laughs> you, know, you know what I'm saying? She's like, okay, like I'm, I'm into it a little bit, but I mean, I'm really here for you. I'm not, not here for me at all. I, I mean, it's fine. Never it's go back. <laughs> <laughs> She's looking at her own reflection as she stares out the window, just <laughs> down her cheek. <laughs> <laughs> so Sam and Dean show up at their old house and uh, Dean immediately goes into hunter mode where he's like, I'm going to be, you know, agent uh, Steven Tyler or whatever. And uh, Sam shuts it down and says, no, 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 no. Like we're, we're Sam and Dean Winchester. We're here. And like, she, she's kind of surprised by this because she literally just found that box of stuff that with the Winchester's names all over it. Um, so she invites him in and like, 
they, they have this kind of weird conversation back and forth, which I don't ever invite strangers in my home. Yeah. Like, I mean, the, the guy that like mows my grass, I make him stand outside while I go get a check for him to pay. Like I don't let anybody <laughs> in my house. So the concept of this woman, like with two kids that lives on her own, letting the leather jacket, blue jean and motorcycle boot Dean in her house is alien to me. I do not understand why she does this. I got one yeah. word for you. Hunks. <laughs> Hunks. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. No, it doesn't make a whole lot of sense. <laughs> but it's just, it's just Sam giving her as Dean puts it, those puppy dog eyes. He just lays it on yeah. people and they believe him. Also hunks. Also hunks. Yeah. <laughs> I guess, I guess every time that we, we question motivation for a character, we should just bring up the word hunks. Yeah. Chris, I feel like, I feel like that's your job responsibility oh, no, on yeah. this podcast. No, from s- now on. no sweat. I got that covered. <laughs> He's Chris always was doing it anyway in my mind. <laughs> yeah. As I'm watching it, I'm just silently nodding to myself. Yep. So this is, but this is when they go in and they start asking questions to the lady, very weird questions, as you're saying. Uh, and Dean is, you know, he's like, Oh, you know, have you been hearing strange noises? She says, yeah, you know, maybe with some scratching in the wall. Have you seen any rats? Says Dean. And she's like, well, no, but, and then he goes, Oh, that's too bad. And then very deliberately, he goes, Oh, that's too bad. What else? And it's like the <laughs> weirdest, most aggressive <laughs> delivery of that line. And she's like, uh, fucking, I don't know. <laughs> so is, can it get any worse? I don't know. <laughs> what else? <laughs> she's like, is there supposed to be more? Like, what do you mean, guy? But there's a running joke on a uh, on a canceled show called Warehouse 13 where they investigate. It's like X Files basically, but um, they have to investigate all this weird shit. And one of the questions that they are forced to ask to everybody is, "Did you do you smell brownies?" So every time I see Dean like kind of wondering what to ask next, and I always picture him going, "Do you did you smell brownies?" <laughs> well, I mean, he's asking all these questions because the things she's saying are all the telltale signs of a haunting. Mm-hmm. I like the little girl here too. Is like, mommy, tell him about the monster in my closet. And she's like, yeah, you shut your stupid mouth. <laughs> like the look on both of their faces too, because they're like, yeah, they're totally not real. And then they give this real sideways look to each other. Like, if I were a kid and I asked an adult, like, hey, monsters aren't real, right? And they totally had that exchange. Be like, oh, I guess they're real. Cool. Yeah. <laughs> Everybody's been lying to me except these two hunks. Yeah, these two hunks <laughs> traded a meaningful glance with each other for a full eight seconds before saying, no, monsters aren't real. Well, because they're also kind of freaking out right now because they think that what's here might be what killed their mother and uh, maybe Jess. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. Do you want to uh, do you want to yeah, and so- look and see what dad has to say about this? Yeah, let's go. To, let's hit dad's I mean, he's, journal. He's not my dad, but he's dad. You know, he's dad. Yeah. Okay, so dad's journal says. Now this is a. I, I'm guessing this is poltergeist. So uh, poltergeists are a type of spirit that seek recognition and attention and will do anything to receive it. However, a poltergeist is not a human spirit, generally. It is a separate being of its own. Therefore, burning their remains is ineffective and impossible. However, in dad's journal he claims that poltergeist can be destroyed the same way a normal hunter would deal with any other ghost salting and burning the remains which was later proven by sam and dean um this would mean poltergeists were once human like ghosts uh though this would prove that poltergeists are separate beings uh but human spirits can become poltergeists their whole biology makeup uh solely encompasses receiving attention they are always invisible and do not appear able to become visible um and in folklore 
Um, a poltergeist, German for noisy ghost, is a type of ghost or other supernatural. Yeah, <laughs> poltergeist just means noisy ghost. Is a type of ghost or other supernatural entity which is responsible for physical disturbances such as loud noises and objects being moved or destroyed. They purportedly capable of pinching, biting, hitting, and tripping people. Most accounts. Uh, poltergeists describe the movement of levitation of objects such as furniture and cutlery or noises such as knocking on doors. Finally, they have traditionally been described as troublesome spirits who haunt a particular person instead of a specific location, which is not the case here. They are specifically haunting this house. Uh, such alleged uh, poltergeist manifestations have been reported in many cultures and countries including the United States, India, Japan, Brazil, Australia, and most European nations. Early accounts date back to the first century. So this has probably got to be one of the longest-running supernatural reports in, like, human history, in real life and in supernatural. Yeah. (laughs) Well, I mean, we get, uh, other than the uh, haunting a specific person, um, we definitely get all of that. Like, you know, we get cutlery thrown around. We get, you know, all that kind of stuff uh, a little bit later on. But um, so after leaving the house for the first time, you know, strange guys, hey, we used to live at your house. We'll come in. We ask some weird questions, but now it's time for us to go. I think the kids are getting upset. Mm-hmm. I assume. I don't really remember. That's probably the reason. But as they sure. leave, it's it's weird that Dean is the one who is trying to treat it like any other job. Sam's freaking out, being like, this is what I saw in my head. This is what's going to happen. These are probably the things that, you know, killed mom and Jess. But Dean is just like, all right, well, if this were uh, not our old house, if these were not entities we had encountered before what would we do and he like is able to like make it logical and, and go from there is, is this the moment where they pull over at the gas station and then like there's the lengthy scene of dean way way in the background as that the the impala is framed front and center <laughs> while he calls his dad because i just i really like that shot yeah. for some reason <laughs> like it really like it, it, i just really got into it and then they went up to him and he's leaving the, his dad a message that's saying like hey there's something going down at the old house you got to get down mm-hmm. here and Every time Dean kind of breaks, and we, we're going to see this multiple times over the next 12 years of our lives, uh, but also in the show. Uh, every time Dean kind of breaks down and actually has to ask somebody for help, like, I don't know if it's just Jensen's acting ability, but I actually kind of sense, like, some vulnerability oh, yeah. from, from this yeah, dude. Yeah, absolutely. Which is really interesting given this guy's character. Like, he's the persona that he puts on, like, the thing that he projects out in the world is definitely like this facade over just a whole lot of broken shit inside yeah. and and spoilers listeners it's gonna get a lot more broken before we're done with it <laughs> yeah you're absolutely right with that it is totally just a persona that he wears and so whenever he has to be little kid dean again that person that he's been running from his entire life and ask his dad for help or whoever for help it's like some of the best moments in the entire show are, are uh, yeah. jensen ackles breaking down Absolutely, because he kind of like he plays off like the character of Dean uh, at first is kind of like your stereotypical, um, you know, hunk drama uh, protagonist where he's like, I got this. I'm going to come out with the quips and the one liners and I'll be able to handle situations and all that stuff like that. But then he does get to pull back in these moments whenever he, you know, like um, it kind of reminded me like the way he's talking to his dad in. This isn't, I, I wear this intentionally because of the what happens in later seasons, but it's a lot like when someone is praying in like a moment of desperation, but and they don't believe. But it's like, well, I have literally no idea what else to do. Cause like he's like, I don't even know if you can hear this, dad, but we need your help because we're back home and we think we found uh, the thing that killed mom. Like, this is a, I really was surprised at like how effective a lot of these scenes were like this in this episode. Fine. It is almost like he's so they, uh, Sorry. 
it, it, it really is. And like, we're, we're going to see him praying like several times. And it's always like Dean's having a crisis of faith, whether it's a faith in the mission or faith in his dad mm-hmm. or faith in the world or faith in whatever. Like it's always, it's always very well done. It's, it's way better than when um, Sam has a, a crisis of faith yeah. when he usually just, you know, does we're going to get into it, but does some horrible shit. <laughs> he goes off the rails. <laughs> like Dean is like that guy that like maybe gets drunk one night. And Sam is the guy that goes on a cocaine bench for two weeks. <laughs> we just don't see him anymore. <laughs> like, he's so extreme. Um, we get to, as they, as they decide to, you know, treat this like a normal case, they hunt down one of their dad's old coworkers at this garage. And, um, this is just a, I'm only bringing this up because I feel like we should get a, like a running tally of every old person that tells them to go talk to somebody else. <laughs> <laughs> this, this guy's entire plot purpose is to say, I remember John, you need to go talk to Missouri. That's it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but then, so the garage guy tells him like, Hey, after your mom's death, he started getting a little out there. He started seeing psychics and like Dean perks up like, which psychic? Tell me. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> turns into Batman. And it turns out it's, uh, <clears throat> excuse me. It turns out, uh, it's a lady named Missouri. Uh, and she is fucking delightful. Yeah, like, I think awesome. this is the first time that the show really leans into the comedy, right? Definitely. Mm-hmm. Can we, can we just not skip past the worst scene in the episode though, where that fucking repair man, gets his arm drilled off oh, oh that's oh, so shit. i great. thought that was after this yeah let's let's talk about i was that. so, so i knew it was coming and it hurts so bad because they do the fake out so he's he's coming to fix the the sink at the, the winchester's old house and he gets underneath there and he's fiddling around okay oh it's weird of course there's like the monkey toy that starts banging its uh hands together being super creepy but uh and then he he sticks his hand in the sink once after checking that it doesn't work and then he pulls it out, and it's a total fake out. And my heart, for a second, thought everything was going to be okay. <laughs> <laughs> and then that poor, poor son of a bitch sticks his hand back into that sink, and exactly what you think is going to happen happens, and it's awful. Oh no! Yeah, it's it's, so it's good. really really bad. It's so well done. What is the uh, what is the Stephen King book with the or the Stephen King movie or something with the the little toy monkey like that? Uh, class I believe all it the is time? Desperation. I think is what it is. Okay, cool. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's, that's really, really horrifying. <laughs> I don't, <laughs> I don't have a, uh, a garbage disposal and I'd never want to put my hand in my sink anyway. Like it's just bad down there. The thing Nobody is, should ever I to do, do have a garbage disposal and I'm pretty sure you're not supposed to ever do that. Like you can take them apart from the bottom and like just totally like, I'm pretty sure you're supposed to just take it apart before shoving your hand down in there. <laughs> so it's the worst repair guy ever. He gets it. I bet uh, I bet plumbers who are into horror movies really, really hate scenes like this. Oh, yeah. like, this is not how you fucking plumb. I don't know what plumbers do. <clears throat> um. Back to Missouri. So, yeah, re- the repair guy gets his hand cut off. Um, there's a really funny line later that uh, we'll probably forget to mention, so I'm just going to mention it here, where uh, our, our main guest star, the woman that has bought the Winchester home, is on the phone with somebody, and she's obviously very hairy. <laughs> and she says something to the extent of like, oh, well, I'm sorry he died, but how am I liable? <laughs> In this, in the supernatural universe, like nobody gives a shit if you right. die. No, no, no. Well, it does not matter. He didn't die. He didn't die. He just lost his. I'm sorry about the poor guy's arm. I think. That's yeah, it's, just, it's like I'm so sorry about the poor man's missing arm, but I can't afford that. He's fine though. <laughs> <laughs> These are the things that Sam and Dean can't clean up. Yeah. But yeah, Missouri. She's yeah, it's, great. it's really it's 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 just really strange. I love I love Missouri though. So. 
set up the scene here because I kind of want to go through a lot of this. Um, she's obviously a psychic. You walk in and she's got like that front room thing. She's walking somebody out and like telling him things. And then like, she looks over at Sam and Dean and is like that poor, ma- that poor man, like, you know, he's, his wife's going to leave him or whatever. Yeah. He's, and they're like, why didn't you tell him that? <laughs> Which is great. And then um, I, I really like where she points out that Dean used to be real goofy looking. Like she really gives it to Dean hard. <laughs> like so bad. She's like, you are so goofy looking as a kid. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> she kind of blows their minds immediately by saying like, Sam, Dean, you need to get back here. We got shit to talk about. And they're like, they, they're kind of like, Oh my God, how did you know? Like immediately proving that she's a real psychic, mm-hmm. right? Like they, she, she starts pulling stuff out of, out of their minds, goes up to Sam and is like, Oh, you poor boy. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. <laughs> I, and I, like the woman who does this, I thought I knew her. Like I thought I knew her from other stuff, but I haven't seen anything else she's been in. I think I just remember her so well from this episode, and I like her so much from yeah. this. This she's this absolutely episode. fantastic. You know, I think I had heard people kind of complain about this episode in the past. This was a long time ago, saying how she's a bit of a stereotype, uh, but mm. she's just so unbelievably likable that I don't mm. even like. It's like. I, I don't care if it is, I guess, because like, I, I, I really like Jeremy. I really wish there was more of her in the show. It is. It is a bit TV tropey. Mm-hmm. And, um, and, you know, especially because she kind of has that uh, like Southern Belle black person draw right. of like, oh, Sam and Dean, mm-hmm. you poor child, like that kind of thing going. So I can definitely see that it leans into some stereotypes, but. She pulls it off so well. And like you said, she's so goddamn likable that I I think it kind of forgives itself in the process. Like she's so good at it that it it actually ends up working. And she's just giving Dean so much crap for the rest of the episode. Fantastic. (laughs) Smacking him on the back of the head. Every time he goes to like swear or put his feet up on the table, she's like, don't you do that. And it's just so great. And Dean, every time, it's just like, what? I didn't do anything. <laughs> Dean's facial reactions during this episode need to be like a little, like, like a, like a GIF movie yeah. of just like, <laughs> yeah. him constantly going like, what? Uh-huh. Uh-huh. And I think the episode really needed something like that too, because otherwise it would be so dire for the entirety of it. Absolutely. Uh, she brings so much flavor to this. And like, otherwise, like, I mean, we get some real cool story stuff uh, later on, but otherwise this is kind of a, dry episode yeah they 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 spend some time talking about um oh you know there's there was something going on at that house but i've been watching it all these years like how like how boring is your life that you live in lawrence kansas (laughs) lie to people about their marriage and watch the winchester house like (laughs) you know that uh lawrence kansas was chosen because it's kind of a hotbed for like paranormal activity the entire state is it really it's considered to be yeah and i remember back when i was in high school i watched some of this show with my dad and I remember one day him coming home and giving me a newspaper and being like, look at this. And it was a news story in our local Boston newspaper. I don't know why. And it was about these boys whose father had like convinced them that their mother was a demon or something like that. I think this is a movie as well, but it happened in real life. They, they believe their mother was a demon or something like that. And they killed her. Oh. And it was just in this, like, I remember, I don't remember the details of it. It was really gruesome, but it, the way that it, was worded and the way it was described. I was like, this sounds like an episode of supernatural and it took place in Lawrence, Kansas. So it was very strange. Why, why was your, why was your dad showing you this? Was it like to, <laughs> no, cause we, we were watching like, you, supernatural you guys... and he was like, oh, okay. this weird okay. demon wow. thing happened in Lawrence, Kansas. Uh, That's cool. I thought he was like trying to set you up to, uh, well, you know, 
I don't know where to go with that. <laughs> I didn't want to make a murder your mother joke right in the middle of making a murder your mother joke. I'm sorry. No, no, that's fine. I mean, I did. Peace out to all the moms. <laughs> we love you. Okay. So. <clears throat> Back to the episode. Right, right. <laughs> Sorry, I, I go off on so many tangents. <laughs> oh no, 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 no! That's that's good. I was I was just trying to save my own self from. Digging I feel this like hole. every episode, um, I'm like, oh yeah. So this one time, I saw the Hookman. I, ha- I feel like I have some stupid <laughs> story. <laughs> <laughs> so did I ever tell you that guy at the time that I got abducted by aliens? <laughs> okay, so stop it, guys. Hey, uh, for some reason, Chris's audio cut out, but Steve and me, and you can just keep yeah, going. Don't worry about it. Absolutely. So next thing that is happens that, is. I thought that I thought you were being serious. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So Missouri convinces the boys, like, "Hey, I, there's something going on over there. We should go check it out all together." Um, they, the three of them, show up to this woman's house, and uh, at this point, like, her. Where, where do we get the scene with the baby that goes into the refrigerator? Did that has that just happened before, yeah, that, before the boys get over there? That's happening while they go see Missouri. That's whenever she okay. says that you know I'm real sorry about his hand and everything, but you know, okay. <laughs> so there's this scene where like her her baby has his like toddler play area like his cage i don't i don't have kids guys i don't know what you call these things <laughs> he has this little baby cage set up in the kitchen like and i don't i don't mean like i'm not gonna front on her but like is that the best place for your baby cage to go and especially um, since he is a well-established juice junkie in her own words he's a juice junkie yeah. that stood out to yeah. me the last time that i watched this episode maybe four or five years ago her calling him a juice junkie always stood out to me it's <laughs> setting him up for great success we were uh, we were rewatching uh, Arrested Development right now, so uh, we just kind of just figured that this dude was uh, <laughs> oh, shit the the weird brother. I can't remember his name now. It's, oh oh god, the younger brother, the youngest brother, the younger brother. Yeah, yeah. What the hell is that dude's name? Um, George, Michael, and it, what doesn't matter. Anyway, <laughs> I just it just made me laugh because he's a he's he's also a juice junkie, and when he finds his uh, what he thinks is a, a large, the biggest juice box in the world, and it's a box of wine, yeah. <laughs> it's really good. <laughs> So this little baby is in his baby cage, and like Buster. the poltergeist, his name is Buster. Uh, sorry, Buster. Thank you. <laughs> it just oh came God. to me. <laughs> yeah, sorry guys. Uh, Chris was a little a little slow on one episode on a Saturday morning. I'm a way slow on this Saturday morning. So. You earned it. It's okay. Yeah, you're taking one for the team, I guess. Baby, baby Buster Bluth. Uh, his his baby <laughs> cage. One side of it falls over, and so he's like, "Oh, hey!" And then the refrigerator opens, and he's like, "Oh, there's some juice in there." But there's not very many shelves, so I can definitely fit. So he walks into the refrigerator, and like the refrigerator gets like closed behind him. And I, I guess this is like a this preys on some like stuff, right? Like kids have gotten trapped in refrigerators before and died. Like that's that's things that happen. Mm-hmm. That's a thing that happens. And like. I'm not going to call the kid dumb because he's he's a kid, but like, why are you going in the refrigerator, dog? Because <laughs> juice why are you in there. Body in there? He Jeremy, he's it. a juice junkie. Okay, it's <laughs> you a know how long it's been since he got his fix. <laughs> I don't. I don't. <laughs> <laughs> Probably since that man died in his in his kitchen where yeah. he's currently standing yeah. in <laughs> that nobody cares about. Like the well, night he... before, <laughs> there's probably still viscera all over that damn room. <laughs> Um, the thing is that the most refrigerators nowadays that like that wouldn't be so much of a problem because you just push them open real easy. But like they have like the kid lock thing on the real high up uh, at the very top of the door and that actually gets latched once he gets in there. So that's actually what is keeping him in there. And this is where the poltergeist is like actually stepping up its shit. 
And I don't know if it's maybe angered that Sam and Dean have come back to try and maybe do something to it. But this is the first time that it's like physically tried to harm any of them by shoving a kid in a fridge. Chris, you mentioned that there'd probably be a lot of viscera around from that dude getting his hand cut off. Sure, the sure, only sure. thing I can think of is like the only good thing about getting your hand cut off in a garbage disposal is kind of like a self-cleaning mess. Like it just all goes right down the drain. Oh, you know, you're right. right. You're right. <laughs> <laughs> and, he, and he had that bucket set up right underneath the pipe and all the blood. Right underneath. It's a one-man job cleanup. Like the, yeah. the coroner must have got there and been like, oh, thank God. Yeah, the, also, now <laughs> you get to kind of do the Ash from Evil Dead thing where you can replace your hand with a chainsaw, which is also pretty cool. Absolutely. I hope that that's what Absolutely. he did because he can't be a repairman anymore. I mean, that's what I would do if yeah, I lost yeah. my hand. Absolutely. I looked it up on the wiki to see if he was a re- reoccurring character, and unfortunately, he's not. <laughs> <laughs> so, mom is, is comes in and realizes that her uh, baby has escaped the baby cage, um, and it starts freak. Excuse me, starts freaking out. And she's very, very concerned about this whole thing, obviously. Like, is, is frantically moving around and then sees, like, some milk spilling out of the refrigerator, which, like, hey, yo, check your refrigerator seal. You're losing a lot of energy. Yeah. You know, <laughs> high electric bill. Seal checked. Homeowner Jay coming in. <laughs> that's, that's some dad jokes there, y'all. <laughs> Finds the kid. And it's about this time that the Winchesters, with along with Missouri, uh, show up and, and convince this woman – on basically nothing, like, why don't you go out and have a good time and we'll look after your house for a little while? <laughs> She's like, I'm not comfortable with this. And Missouri's answer to I'm not comfortable with this is just take him to the movies. It'll be okay. She's like, no, no, no. I'm not saying I don't know what to do with the time. I'm saying I don't want to leave three strangers in my house alone. <laughs> I'm very comfortable taking care of my children outside of the house. I'm not comfortable with you three weirdos. <laughs> They're like, it's okay. We're just going to kick a hole. In the north, south, east, and west walls, and that's yeah. it. And then you put like a spell bag in there. Yeah, I so Missouri's plan is to put these like um, spell bags, like to knock holes in the walls in specific spots, and like put uh, these spell bags. Are they actually? Did she actually say the word hex bags? Because I know hex bags are going to be a big. No, thing I don't think later. they're hex. I don't bags. think she does. It's like a okay, spell. Okay. I guess it's supposed to like purify the the house. It's like burning sage, but it's just like mm-hmm. keeping like a, a little like chunk of it in each corner of the house and like i was asking that because like up to this point missouri is very white magic and like hex bags are always kind of like dark magic to me so i was kind of curious what that separation there but if they're just like spell bags like the i guess the idea is to put this in there and then like the it'll force the poltergeist guys to leave it'll make it an untenable environment it's like a cleansing but rather than like i said burning sage it's just keeping something there that kind of forces i don't know if the forces that goes out into the open where they can deal with it or if it's just supposed to be like hey get out of here and um, as they're trying to do this and like, you know, we see some great scenes of like Dean carefully like looking for like a, like a stud in the wall <laughs> and like, okay, now I'm just going to stop. It's this spot right here. Then hitting it with a giant ax. Like it's, it's really good. When Sam tries to do it though, uh, a lamp comes to life and tries to strangle him with an electric cord, <laughs> which yeah. is some terrible fucking CGI. <laughs> oh, it's so good though. It really is great. Uh, this is, I really like this kind of like, the one of the brothers getting non-lethally uh, knocked out and then restrained and then up until the very and their weapon is like just out of reach as they uh, try for it. And just when they give up, the other brother busts in and uh, saves them, which we just we see happen so many times. <laughs> Basically every episode. <laughs> Every episode, yeah. <laughs> I'm so glad that you went into, um, like, the brothers saving each other because when you said, like, when one gets knocked out and then tied up, I thought you were going to go to a totally different direction. Oh. So I'm glad you saved me from that. <laughs> I 
Yeah. Well, we could talk about them going back into a hole trying to fit at the same time and they find like a mess in there. Crawl back. <laughs> this, these are your words, Chris. <laughs> I'm using your words. Never heard of it. Um, <laughs> so when does the so at this point, when does Fire Mommy uh, show up? <laughs> yeah, yeah. So like they're the boys have a struggle. Um as Dean, excuse me, as Sam is being strangled, Dean runs up and then grabs the spell bag, puts it in there, and that's like causes the poltergeist to like leave. They go downstairs and then oh shit, the poltergeist is back. And like the poltergeist knocks, um, like it starts holding them against the wall, and that's when Fire Mom shows well, up. Wait, wait, wait. I thought that they like leave the house and then it turns out it didn't work, and then this is what happens. Oh, you're you're absolutely right. Like because Sam is 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 still fucked up about it, isn't he? Because yeah, the woman comes back and the house is all torn up and like you know. Missouri makes it like, don't worry. Hey, the boys are going to clean this up for us. Let's go out and have a Yes, Dean specifically will clean it up. (laughs) (laughs) But Sam is very, very concerned. You're right. Like they go to leave and Dean thinks the job is over. But uh, Sam is is super concerned and decides to stake out the house. And that's when the the poltergeist comes back and starts shaking her bed or whatever. Things weren't lining up with Sam's vision. And I think he's now kind of starting to put a lot more faith into what he's seeing in his dreams. Well, I mean, he had that conversation. Like – Jess was like the only incident. Like this is totally removed from himself. I mean, it's still their house, but like this is kind of a big deal that he yeah. had a vision about some random, per- seemingly random person, and then it actually kind of turns out like he one hundred percent recognizes her. So I would have to imagine that at this point is like okay, yeah, these are legit. Is it this episode? I know it's one of these three episodes where Sam tells Dean like I did dream about Jess before she died. Like I dreamed well, about it's, this it's, the this very, it's the very yeah. beginning of this episode. The okay, yeah. Or the very beginning. Yeah, it's whenever he's trying to convince him that, hey, I saw this. We need to go uh, to, back to Kansas. It's funny because like four or five episodes, this was such his big secret for Bloody Mary that he didn't want to tell Dean and now he just willingly gives it up. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I actually uh, – I made the joke on the last episode we recorded, but I'm actually going to keep a spreadsheet of every time the boys keep a secret from each other, okay. when oh, the secret is started, and then when they tell the secret so that we can have a running a running record of all this. Because I think secrets are just as integral to the Winchester story as, like, you know, guns filled with rock salt. Yeah. So I think, <laughs> I think we need to have a, a record of this. For sure. Um, but, yeah, so they run back into the house to save the woman. There's some, like – Kid saving stuff that happens, but more most importantly, fire mom shows. Up. I think and, that uh, it's actually Sam Mary quotes Winchester. John Winchester from the yeah. uh, opening thing. He says like, "Take your brother outside as fast as you can." Whatever he what he says like the exact same thing to the little kid to like go outside with your mom, which is interesting that they went went in that direction. Yeah, it, probably very specifically too. Yeah. Um, but man, the boys are kind of surprised when their dead mother shows up. Yeah, that because like the, up until this point, we have assumed that the that the ghost that is the the fire person in the closet and the poltergeist are both either the same ghost or they are you know they're both malevolent spirits trying to do harm to the family and like the poltergeist like the, for you know one of many many times the boys get held up against a wall. Um, and now they're being held there and we see the fire person come in, which that effect is so cool. Like the like yeah. partially um, invisible fire person where you only see the outline of it. Like, I think that that effect is really great. Um, but yeah, this is where the fire actually goes out and we see that it's Mary um, who is the fire person. We find out she actually was like trying to protect the family this whole time, which I feel like you could yeah. you could represent yourself in a 
totally different way if you uh, want to like protect people than setting yourself on fire and slowly walking towards them. Well, she's used to being on fire, so. Yeah, sure. well, and you know, like just like when you're go- when you die, like your ghost has the clothes that you were wearing. Like she died on fire, so now she's always on fire as a ghost. <laughs> like that's that's how it works. But she's not though, because then she's like, oh, it's me. Hey, what's up? Oh, I guess so. I guess you're right. she does put out the fire. So I, I don't. I guess I don't know. I was really trying to justify it within the universe of fiction, and it failed. Me, so. This uh, fuck me, I guess. <laughs> this scene, I, I wish that Mary didn't say anything. She looks at Dean and she says, "Dean," and she gives him like a look, and he's like, "Oh my god, that's my mom." And then she looks at Sam, who basically this is the first time he's ever seen her in person because he's only seen pictures mm-hmm. of her. Uh, granted, she's a ghost. But and then she says Sam and I think she says uh, I'm so sorry about you know not about Jess she doesn't say that but she says Sam and then says I'm so sorry uh, I wish it, it, although that is an effective way for a ghost mother to speak to her children um, they don't go too over the top with it I kind of wish she didn't say anything I kind of wish she just looked at Dean and then maybe did the thing where she touches Sam's face and then let her be I mean she's a ghost she's dead you know and yeah. I just wish that she didn't say anything at all. And I think I was saying to you guys in the chat, like, they start to humanize all monsters in a way that sometimes I wish they didn't. Um, yeah. The example I used with you was all the, the demons later on are just like every, every single one of them uses a pop culture reference. Uh, and they all come off as just like random like thugs that you'd meet at a bar. But it's, they're like, no, they're demons from hell. And I get that there's some of it because there's like they're cheeky, crazy sons of bitches. Uh, but I wish that they like more monsters, creatures, ghosts, what have you, would retain a little bit of that weirdness of the, the otherworldliness that you would expect them to have. You know, that's why uh, I, won't, I won't spoil it. This scene would be 1,000% better if Mary Winchester didn't talk. Yeah. Like if she just if she gave the weird looks at the boys and then uh, does what she ultimately does, which is kind of use all of her spirit force, I guess, <laughs> yeah. to, to take out the poltergeist. Um, like that would be a pretty incredible moment, but instead like she does, she does a little exposition of like, Oh, I'm, I love you boys. And you're so great. And all this other stuff, which is, is really weird. Um, and I think I want to come back to this episode specifically when we start, when some other things start mm-hmm. happening and because it's, it doesn't really line up very well, but who cares? It's supernatural. Well, I, I actually, uh, I don't know about like all the stuff where she says all that other stuff. And then whenever she actually turns and speaks to the poltergeist, I think that's kind of lame. Uh, but I like the idea that like the only thing she says to Sam is I'm sorry because of what that is foreshadowing. Yeah. Um, what we find out what she's, when we actually find out what she's apologizing for, like that is like super messed up. Like what, she actually well i don't want to get too far into it what she's apologizing for is really sad and dark and like bad yeah i guess she would be the only one who really knows exactly what happened to sam because she was in the room when it was happening well yeah. also because of like some <laughs> things that happened when she was younger but <clears throat> yeah. said, we'll get into all of that there um so the end of this episode like i mentioned um Fire mom sacrifices her ghostly spirit to take out the poltergeist. Um, there's some sad moments. The house, I would really 100% expected Missouri to come in and go, this house is clean. <laughs> I was expecting it so much. I was, I was like, I was like, I, I could have swore that happened. Right? Like I looked at my wife. It was like, that did happen in the, in the original cut. Right. I and then that's, that's pretty much it, except for the stinger at the end where we get Missouri back at her um, psychic house 
and and fucking John Winchester. Yeah, literally, like, he's right just been there. hanging out the whole time. I totally right forgot there. about this, hundred percent. So when she walked into her room and she's like, "That boy." He's power something or other. He says some, she says some of Sam's powers, and I was like, "Why the fuck is she talking out loud to herself? <laughs> like, who does this?" And then she turns, and John Winchester is sitting on her couch. Why didn't you yeah. go and talk to them? And she's like, "I can't believe he didn't sense you." Yeah, so that means he was literally in the next room whenever yeah. they were there. Like, I just, I just, I would like to see that. Like, she's like, "Oh crap, they're here!" And then he like dashes into like the bathroom and is like hiding into in the closet yeah. or something. Yeah, yeah. He's staring out from the slats or whatever. Yeah, that would be a really good. It's, I like that when like the camera pans over to him, he still actually has his hands over his face. So it takes one more second before he finally pulls his hands down. <laughs> that's actually a really, that's actually a pretty good reveal because this whole time they're looking for him, and I don't think we've actually seen or heard him uh, outside of that one. You know, the the flashback at the very beginning. Um, this is the first time we get to see modern day John Winchester. Yeah, and we're we're about to we're about to hear him um, in this next episode, or maybe in the episode. Yeah, in this next episode, which. Mm-hmm. Um, and I guess that wraps us up. Any any final thoughts on this episode before we move on to episode ten? No, I, I think it's a it's a good one. I like I said yeah, with the thing like with the, with Mary. I wish they had kind of uh, gone with subtlety, but uh, overall, good episode. Yep, yeah. absolutely. And you know, R.I.P. Missouri. So yeah, yeah. I, I did see on the wiki that we get another mention in season nine, and I got kind of excited because yeah, she was listed as like there was two references, and it's literally just a. Uh, Dean saying, when's the last time we've seen a psychic? Missouri? And I was like, I think at the time I thought he was talking about the state and not the person. So. I'm glad that somebody remembers her. Chris, why don't you read us the synopsis of episode 10? I would love to. Let me pull it up. Okay. Uh, episode 10, Asylum. If these walls could talk. <laughs> that's, what, that's not my interjection. That's what it says. If these walls could talk. The brothers investigate a long, shuttered mental asylum that has the power to drive intruders mad, dot, 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 and murderous. This episode would be like quite a bit more interesting if the walls actually talked. Oh yeah, that would be a better <laughs> big bad than the thing that we get in here. And um, I don't, I don't think that we need to go through this step by step like we did the previous episode. There's not much like meta, like ongoing main plot story no. that happens in this. Um, this is this is very much like the the boys go investigate an asylum, and there was a mad doctor and. Now all of the patients are loose. Yeah, and we're going to see this episode over and over again. We're going to see it done better. Uh, I hope. I, I think it's in season two that we see it done way, way better. Yeah. Um, and this is just Sam and Dean going to a thing, like and, and fixing it. Like, there's not much, not a whole lot to talk about here. What about what about you guys? Do you feel the same way? Well, this oh, yeah. First season is just a lot of covering horror tropes and fol- folklore and stuff like that, and you have to do a haunted asylum. That's Asylums are usually considered to be some of the most uh, haunted places in the world. Uh, if you look at lists of things, there's always an abandoned uh, insane asylum on every haunted list. So it's just like it seems like they kind of were just like, yeah, we well, we got to do something, right? Yeah, and the the thing is, like you said, they do this kind of this kind of uh, setting a little bit better in future seasons. Um, like I love a haunted asylum for a setting. Like I think I think it's real good, real creepy. Um, 
but like this is they don't really seem to do anything with this because like spoilers, I guess like all of the ghosts except for one are good. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Like, there's only one real bad ghost. <laughs> it's just the rest of them decide to look as creepy as humanly possible. Uh, and I guess that's supposed to be some sort of a twist where, uh, like, there was – the boys learned that there was this big riot and that all of these people died. All of these patients died during this riot. And what ends up happening is that they see these ghosts and the ghosts, you know, are obviously scary, but they're they're actually trying to reach out. They're actually trying to talk to and, like, express things. And Sam is the only one that picks up on this. And we finally, at the end, realize, like, oh, no, no, it's not the patients that are haunting us. It's the it's actually the doctor. Mm-hmm. And the, there's now there's a doctor ghost who's been torturing the, the patient ghost. So it gets really complicated, but yeah. it's all dumb. It's really, really dumb. <laughs> I want yeah. a plaque. I want a plaque that says Dr. Ghost MD on my door. <laughs> that would be great. Um, I, like our cold open is is pretty is pretty boring. I think like I don't. Mm-hmm. They do the they do the thing where like oh you're gonna think someone dies, but it's actually gonna be like five minutes later, and the guy like you know he gets you know, that's, scared. That's really sad. <laughs> I think it's really yeah. sad. <laughs> yeah, this poor dude. Like this poor cop goes home and like is having an argument with his wife. Which if it's anything like my arguments with my wife, it's just like over some dumb bullshit. Mm-hmm. Like who didn't close the cabinet door correctly? So you have like Sam besides like fights. okay, yeah, exactly, <laughs> and. uh and just ends up like shooting the chick and shooting himself and killing himself, which is, you know, sad, but that's not particularly interesting. Yeah, and then when Sam and talk about them later, like, yeah, he was a like, super good cop, like top of his class, like really going to be a hero one day. And then he just, <laughs> you know, this incredibly tragic throwaway event happened to him. Uh, the the big thing I think we should pull out of this is the 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 like the conflict between Sam and Dean mm-hmm. is getting like kind of too ahead. Uh, Sam very much wants to be on the hunt for dad. He wants to be like, because to Sam, this is a, is a diversion on his life. Mm-hmm. Like and we've talked about this before. Dean is going to be doing this full time until he's two years from now when he's 40. <laughs> um, Sam, Sam still thinks that he's going to go back and go back to school and live a normal life and all this stuff. So he's Sam is like, let's get to the end game. Like, I don't want to do any of this side quest bullshit. I'm main story blind, yeah. you know, task only. <laughs> Whereas Dean is just like, whatever. And like, this is causing a lot of conflict. There's a lot of snapping back and forth and, and things like that. It's really, it's, it's interesting when it comes to a head, uh, when, the way that they research this is having to talk to a psychiatrist who is the son of the doctor. And Sam has to like pretend to go to the psychiatrist to get information. And then just like, is like, you know what? Actually I, I do need to talk a little bit. <laughs> like lays it all out to this dude, which can you just go like book an appointment with yeah, the psychiatrist? I don't, I'm pretty <laughs> sure you have to give some kind of notice besides, you know, that morning to it get maybe in. It was that like or a he's a really or something. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. I don't know how that stuff works. Mm-hmm. So Neither do I, uh, but I, I don't think we necessarily need to see what Sam says because we kind of get the gist of what he probably told the psychiatrist. Um, but there's there's this scene and there's a scene seven seasons later where Sam has to go to confession. Yes. And well, but, but, all right. but no, but these these two scenes some sometimes. Now I love Supernatural. We all love Supernatural, but sometimes the show lets me down a little bit. And I'm not just saying we necessarily needed to see everything, but when they shy away from those scenes, I kind of wish we got to see a little bit of how Sam spoke to a psychiatrist. And I really wanted to see what his confession was going to be like seven years from now. Spoilers, I agree. But. I agree with you on the confession. This one I was, uh, cause this is an episode I usually skip on rewatches. Um, <laughs> I thought that I was going to have to sit through a scene of him talking about how much 
he doesn't like Dean and his dad. And I was like, ugh. So I'm really glad that they kind of skip over yeah, this you're, you're one probably right in this episode. Because we actually – we get that a little bit later in this episode where he, he quote-unquote yeah. lays it all out. But it was a ghost. Oh. Well, um, the <laughs> – what I really wanted in this scene is is I didn't want like just it played straight where he complains about his dad and his father. Like I wanted to see Sam trying to work around all of the supernatural business yeah. and still talk about his family. Like my dad made us go hunting all the time, and the, the doctor is like, "Well, that doesn't sound bad. That's a good bonding experience between." No, 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 no. We were hunting big game. Like you know what I'm saying? Like trying <laughs> to express why this going is a bad from motel thing. to motel hunting. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you guys weren't in a cabin in the woods or something. Like that's usually where you go hunting. <laughs> Unfortunately, we, we don't get any of that. Um, there's this ongoing kind of plot thread where a young teenage couple gets is trapped in this asylum. And uh, I guess, dude, like, don't bring your hot girlfriend to the mental asylum that's closed down to go, no. ha- go have makeouts. Like, that's not fun. Like, I don't know what you're doing there. Um, but, like, so the fun part about this is, and I, there's two things that I like about this. Uh, one is that they flip this a little bit so that the, the girl takes more of a assertive yep. tone. Like if, when there's a moment where she, where they're going to like, they Dean decides like she needs, or Sam decides she needs to be armed. So like, like, which one of you can use a shotgun? And she like grabs it. Whereas the kid, the other guy is just like, I don't know what to do. Like he's, he's the yeah. worst. <laughs> so I, I really like that. Um, he, that she is the one that, that takes up, that takes this up. I like yeah, this. Kevin, this, this he's a little bit of a, uh, he's a little bit of a scaredy cat to put it lightly. Yeah. Uh, and cat, I think that's her name is, uh, definitely more of a badass. And I thought that there's a scene where they're like, they're trying to get through it. They're being serious and everything. And she's like, Gavin, just, just so you know, uh, when we get through this, and we will get through this, uh, I'm breaking up with you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Thanks. <laughs> just just want to know. <laughs> oh, man. The, the other part of this is not related to Supernatural at all, but I thought you guys would appreciate this story. Um, if you're familiar with the TV show Heroes at all, mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. there's a character uh, on Heroes named jeremy greer like the, Wait, what like, like my facebook blew up one day because people were like i just saw your name and i like you're you're on heroes now like it's it's a kid that was like had some powers or something that's named jeremy greer um while when we were watching supernatural i was my job at the time had me traveling like across the country and i was at this uh school in chicago and i'm like teaching people how to use software and this chick is talking to me and uh mentions that her friend is on supernatural and I was like, oh, really? I really like that show. And it turns out it's this dude. Like, it's guy. <laughs> oh. Like, it's this guy. Um, but at some point, and this is like 12 years ago, right? Like, this is a long time ago now yeah. um, that this show came out and everything. But at some point over the years, uh, my wife thought that Gavin was the guy that played Jeremy Greer. <laughs> so <laughs> we're watching the episode, and she's like, that's that's you, right? Like, that's you. And I was like, I don't, I don't think so. She's like, no, no, it's definitely you. Look it up. That's Jeremy Greer. That's the guy that plays Jeremy Greer. So yeah, <laughs> unfortunately, she, she she was totally wrong. The, the guy that plays Jeremy Greer in Heroes is a totally different dude. So yeah, that was you know my tangent for the day. Well, so, yeah, there you go. So young Jeremy Greer here gets uh, made out with by a ghost. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. There is there is that creepy ass scene which like ugh, pretty horrifying. Yeah, so he's, I mean, no. I guess he's pretty reasonably freaked out. I'd probably want to cut my own lips off if that happened. 
Yeah, yeah. Like the the because she's not like uh, she's not like our woman in white from earlier this year, no. where she's kind of a hot ghost. Like this is very much a like disfigured ghost. Like it's not looking. That's because after episode one, they they had to have a meeting where they all looked at each other and they were like, "We made the ghost too hot, didn't we?" <laughs> <laughs> if you listen to the commentary on episode one. It's just that like producer, whoever, who was like, "She's so good looking. We're so happy to have her on set. She's so hot." We're like, "All right, dude." Yeah. <laughs> Calm down. Relax. Please put your pants back on. This is weird. <laughs> and this gets us into an end scene where, uh, and we, we've talked about this several times, and I love it every time it comes up, where something affects one of the boys and they can be real, real honest yeah. to the other. So yep. the, the, um, the crux of it is just Dr. Ellicott, the guy who was like running the program at the asylum there when it was actually going on, believed that he could cure people of their rage by making them incredibly angry. He believed that like, basically mm-hmm. if you perform shock therapy on them, whatever his methods were, he believed if he did this to them, they would get all of their rage out and then they would be cured. Uh, but then there were the riots cause everybody was like, this was fucked up, dude. Um, and well, also it's because they were all enraged. Yes. This is the same doctor who then like his students went on to make the monkeys from 28 days later. So it's fine. <laughs> so, but this, this guy, uh, he, what, what he does to people is make them incredibly enraged, like human, human people, uh, not ghost people. And yeah. that's what he does to Sam to uh, bring out the best in him. Uh, yeah. Yeah. And go ahead. Sam. Well, I was going to say, and that's what it turns out what he, he's the ghost that got a hold of the cup at the very beginning is that, you know, it's, and that's the thing. It's not like, um, I like how it's not like they, they don't turn into like crazy, like, Hulk destruction machines, but like the, it's like the kind of the more scary anger where they hold it inside and then they're just waiting for it to actually like explode. Um, and I actually really like the, the only thing that I really like about this episode is the scene where Sam gets to, he gets a turn now, uh, to chew the scenery. Um, just be like, he can really just like let it all out there and you can use the excuse that you know, he's possessed by a ghost. So of course he gets to overact a little bit and have a lot of fun with, uh, mm-hmm. and then he actually shoots Dean with the rock salt, which the motherfucking that's shotgun. gotta hurt, right? Like even it's gotta really hurt. Like, yeah. They say it's not lethal, but he shoots him really close. Like, like Brandon Lee got, he died and that wasn't a real bullet. Like, <laughs> yeah, shit's just pretty crazy. But Dean's fine. He's always fine. Uh, I just want to say real quick, I made a note of the fact that when they go into the asylum, they're acting like ghost hunters like you'd see on TV uh, with their EMF (laughs) detector and uh, their video cameras. And Sam says literally, this place is orbing like crazy. (laughs) Yes. What does that mean? I used to say that all the time because of this episode. (laughs) And that's just like super fun. So I'll go go in somewhere and be like, oh, it's kind of spooky in here. And I'd be like, this place is orbing like crazy. It was just a thing I said all the time and I forgot it was from this episode. It would be even better if you said it about things that had nothing to do with creepy things like yeah. oh God, yes so sweaty right now i'm orbing like crazy <laughs> <laughs> i was uh i was poking around on the on the wiki as, as we were talking about this and i i clicked on the, the dr elcott like the, the, yeah. the monster of the week um and the wiki page has got like this detailed like trading card thing what? like where they list out all of the powers <laughs> like, oh, <laughs> we need to make a supernatural like, trading card game right now <laughs> sure. Yeah, that sounds that's that's your task. Um, on it. I gotta <laughs> go, podcast, guys. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> 
I edit. You make the games. Yeah. Chris, Chris does the thing. Yeah. It's fine. I just, I just think it's really weird, like, that they've listed out telekinesis, super strength, teleportation, voice mimicry. Like, it's really, That's like, it's very awesome. much like an X-Men card. Yeah. I know That's I talk so about X-Men great. too much, but yeah. Oh, so Sam shoots that. his brother in the chest with a shotgun at point-blank range, and, um... Mm-hmm. Dean's fine. Uh, well, we do have <laughs> we do have some like pretty heated. Uh, That's not the whatever they use some of what Sam says here in a lot of the intros for the episodes. Him saying mm-hmm. like at least I'm not pathetic and I have a mind of my own and all that that shit. That like that's not exactly what Sam thinks of Dean, but it's definitely like if you really really wanted to boil it down to the worst of it, like that's what it is. Mm-hmm. He sees Dean as like, you know, a good little soldier for his dad and uh, himself as a free thinker who can go off and do what they want. Uh, but he uh, he takes the gun. D- Dean hands Sam the gun and he's like, all right, well, if you if you think you could really kill me, they don't use salt, use a real gun. And it's like a test for Sam. And uh, every time I watch this episode, I think that Sam's going to like fight the rage monster to be like, no, I'm not going to shoot him. But he fucking pulls the trigger. Nope. Yeah, a lot. Yeah, he just he pulls it a <laughs> Straight lot. Straight up does it, dog. <laughs> And Dean waits entirely too long to actually react before, uh, like, Sam realizes that he's gotten an empty gun. Because he pulls the trigger, like, six times. And Dean just looks at him. (laughs) Dean has a really sad line where he says, do you hate me that much? Yeah, that is super sad. That actually kind of a huge bummer. (laughs) Like, I forgot about that. And I think it... I think it may, like, this is definitely, like, as much as Dean, like, brushes this stuff off, this is going to keep coming up. Like, this kind of fucks with Dean a little bit about, like, how eager Sam was to just murder this dude. Like, Mm -hmm. even with the excuse of you were possessed by a ghost or whatever, you were affected by the rage ghost or however you want to say that, like, it still still worked on something there. Like, some small part of that actually exists, and you really kind of believe that. Whether you would act on it or not doesn't matter. Yeah, this is kind of their first fight. like Like, their first real fight. (laughs) because <laughs> it goes despite on. them having yeah despite them fighting all of the right time. It, it goes yeah. beyond this episode just a little bit but um even after dean like takes control and knocks sam out uh what he the last thing he says to him is sorry sammy like even with everything that just happened dean's still protective of the brother sorry that i said to clock you one little brother like it's all good <laughs> <laughs> And that's pretty much it. Like, yeah. uh, well, I guess we need to do, we need to cover the end. I always forget about the stingers. Well, you know, uh, in the end, before we get to that stinger, like Sam's like, yeah, I remember saying all of that. I just didn't have any control, and you can tell that Dean doesn't entirely believe him. He's like, yeah, that's fine, and then he has that look on his face, like, I, I got you, man. I yeah, Sam you. literally says, like, do we need to talk about this? And Dean, like, nope. Not really in the mood to talk. Let's get in the car. Um, yep. which, yeah, they, which I mean, Dean does salt and burn the bones of Doctor Elcott. Yeah, typical yeah. ghost extinguishing. Yeah. Ghost extinguishing. Yeah. And then they tell those kids, like, hey, uh, maybe next time you go on a date, do go to a fucking haunted asylum, you assholes. <laughs> <clears throat> so, yeah. <laughs> hey, here's here's a fun factoid. Gavin grows up to be Harvey Dent in the TV series Gotham. <laughs> oh. <laughs> that motherfucker's Two-Face. <laughs> oh, that's very interesting. <laughs> I've, only, I've only seen, like, four episodes of that show. It's so bad, guys. It's so bad. It's, it's not great, yeah. There's, there's somebody out there doing a Gotham podcast that's probably wanted to shoot themselves in the head right now. And I love Batman a lot. That show sucks. Anyway, yeah, I'm sorry. I don't want to – starting beef with another show. Let's, let's move on. <laughs> <laughs> that's what we need. We need some podcast beef. Oh, let's yeah. talk shit about another podcast. Man, X-Men the um, cartoon sucks. Oh, this is awkward. <laughs> I'm sorry. Sorry. Yeah, stinger. So let's get into this. Let's get into the stinger because this is going to set us up for the next episode quite well. Yeah. Um, 
the boys are sleeping and I hate, I hate that they show this scene twice and it's a little bit different both times they do it. But at the end of the episode, the boys are sleeping at their motel after doing whatever they've done. Uh, they've clearly, they've put the little tiff behind them. You know, the fact that Sam tried to kill Dean, it's behind them now. And the phone starts ringing and it's Dean's phone, but Dean doesn't wake up. So Sam grabs the phone and ends with him being like dad and holy shit, John Winchester just called them. And that gets us into the next episode. Unless you guys want to cover some more stuff on this one. No, I'm, I'm good. We can move right along. So the next episode, Scarecrow, begins with the exact same scene of the phone ringing, Sam picking it up, and then we get an extended conversation with John Winchester. Wait, wait, Chris, I very much want you to read the episode synopsis for this episode. (laughs) Oh, oh, I got you. I got you. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my God. (laughs) All right. Episode and I just want to just want to say we don't write these. <laughs> I really wish I had those. I wish, I wish that this was all Steven. So I'm going to keep pretending it. All right, season one, episode eleven, Scarecrow. And actually, it's a great episode despite this uh, mm-hmm. synopsis. If only I had a brain. <laughs> well, maybe it has. <laughs> a malevolent scarecrow could be why strangers to Burkittsville, Indiana, don't go out of town a lot. That's it. That's all we That's got. That's it. That's so bad. Oh, oh but it's so good. So glad anyway, you, glad you made me go back. So anyway, they get this call from Sam and Dean. Get, finally, get a call from from John, uh, which I'll be, obviously I'll, I'll shut up in a second. But essentially, amounts to John saying, "Don't come after me. I, I'm on the thing, on the trail of the thing that killed mom, and you can't be a part of this." I wish he would just say, "You will be a liability. They will use you against me," because that's yeah. really what he thinks. But he doesn't say it. Mm-hmm. And he's even now he's like, "I don't. I can't be on the phone with you. Like they'll they'll find out where you are." I wish he would just say they will use you against me. That's why we have to stay apart. I feel like he would have cleaned up so much uh, of their issues by just saying that. But he he doesn't he doesn't want to want to do well, that. We have established that the Winchesters their their strong suit is not communication. No, for sure. No, so. not at all. Also, bef- as, um, I like this I like this phone conversation too because like Sam is very much like what are you talking about coordinates? Like I'm not gonna what do you no where are you? Like we're looking for you. Are you hurt? Are you injured? Like he's very very concerned like a normal son. Mm-hmm. Dean snatches the phone and is like, dad, are you okay? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. And like starts writing down stuff. Like he's, Dean is yeah. very much again and again, very much the, the soldier in this. Like he's taking orders, uh, the, the whole soldier like routine. Kind and that's weird because Dean like that. Yeah. Cause he's, it, it kind of takes away Dean's personality a little bit. Like Dean is kind of this fun guy. Like he already presents himself to be like this kind of fun laid back guy. But when he's, when his dad starts ordering to do stuff, like he doesn't this like faux military yeah. thing, which John Winchester can tap because he was actually a Marine, but like Dean has no c- capacity of what it means to be an actual soldier. Right. Like he mm-hmm. wasn't in the military. Like he's just trying to impress his dad or make his dad happy, whatever. Um, yeah. So I think it's interesting how when John is on the phone with him, I think he, Jeffrey D. Morgan does a pretty good job with, with this scene. He yeah. sounds really sad calling them. I think it's like, he's kind of finally realized maybe it's taken him a few extra days. It's been six months, by the way, they established an asylum that it's been six months since uh, Jess died on the ceiling. Uh, so that's where we are in the season. But he, he finally, he calls them and he's like, listen, here's my situation. You can't join up with me. But he sounds like, like he's beaten down as much as he's eager to get his vengeance. He doesn't sound 
like he has any happiness in his soul at all. Well, he doesn't. I mean, he look at the dude's journal, his hotel rooms. There, he's so sad all of the time. Um, now he's not. A, he's not. Be- before guy. this scene, actually, before we cut back to the hotel, we have the cold open first. And I want to go back to that cold open because I think this is the best one that we have in the in the season so far. Is this scarecrow? Is where we? Because uh, the dad is going to give them coordinates to Burkittsville. Uh, where the scarecrow is. And before we actually see that, we get the setup of this scarecrow where we see a couple uh, leaving a town of like these super creepily nice people. Um, and, you know, we get a little line that, hey, thanks for fixing our car. We wouldn't have ever spotted that. I guess it's like a brake leak or something. I don't know. Um, but the their car lasts them just long enough to get to a, this creepy old abandoned road in the middle of the night and it breaks down again. Um, specifically in an apple orchard. Yes. That's going to be, mm-hmm. yeah. Like we need to say the word apple orchard several times in this. Cause apparently somebody paid them to do so. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, also like, I want to like what the, that dude who's wor- who like sabotages their car. He must be like a genius, right. To get that right. Every single time for when it's going to break down, like the math that has to go into like, okay, we're going to, we're going to let the fluid leak out this much so that whenever they get to this stretch of road after so many miles, this is when the car stops. Like it's, it's pretty impressive mechanics magic. It doesn't, they don't really explain it at all. It just I'm not a mechanic. It could be real. I don't know. <laughs> but you're right. It is a really, it is a really good uh, cold open and they are being creepily nice. But the first time you watch it, what put me off guard was when, I mean, you know, something bad's going to happen to them, but they're like, mm-hmm. okay, send you on your way. Um, it's when the daughter says, Hey, cool tattoo. I, you know that that is going to come back in some way because it's such an obvious thing, but it's also such a normal thing to say that it, took my suspicion off of them just just a little bit at first um but yeah i mean it's kind of obvious the entire episode but oh yeah this is something's <laughs> got to happen because like here's an apple pie for your troubles it's like oh okay <laughs> <laughs> um but yeah like when they get out to this super creepy orchard with the world's scariest looking scarecrow right like yeah. i've never seen a scarecrow that scary in real life yeah no and like it, like very non subtly um, whips its head around to look at them, um, like the so much so. <laughs> yeah, like I would just like I just kill myself. I'm like, well, reality's broken. Like I don't know what to do now. <laughs> like, that scarecrow just turned to look at me. I'm done. Okay, cool. <laughs> I, I'm glad you guys are getting a lot of mileage out of the scarecrow because it, it kind of left me feeling cold. Like I don't, I don't like anytime the scarecrow shows up in this episode. I'm kind of like. Eh. Well, scarecrows like, innately like, scare me. So. I think it's the the That's apple weird. orchard that is actually the uh, the spookier of the two. Uh, it's such a great set, and really I mean we is. have we have like apple orchards on apple orchards here in Massachusetts, so it's kind of like it's very familiar to see a set like that, and it's also very interesting to see a set like that in Supernatural because mm. everything I feel like going in, like especially in later seasons, it's always in the same type of places, always in indoors. Uh, not always, but it's frequently indoors, and because they use the similar, you know, sets for all of their different. Well, episodes. it looks like Vancouver. Yeah, they're trying <laughs> to like save on the budget, which is why I think they have very few season regulars, and uh, why they always establish a home for them, like Bobby's house or the Men of Letters house. Mm-hmm. Um, but this is like season one is unique in that we get some pretty interesting looking locations. Is there anything in Dad's journal about the Scarecrow? Uh, yeah, there might be. Let me let me take a look into Dad's journal here. Okay. So, well, the Scarecrow, as we know, is a Vanir, which is the embodiment of a Norse pagan god. 
who in return for sacrifice granted the presenters with wealth, security, and protection from all that is bad. In ancient times, the villagers would build an effigy in their fields for the god to possess. It would often resemble a scarecrow, and it was used by the god to collect its sacrifices. Its sacrifice pattern required a male and a female and followed an annual cycle. Each vanir was linked to a sacred tree. The tree was the source of its power. Uh, if the tree was destroyed, then the god would die. So this is essentially an ancient pagan ritual being reenacted in Middle America. America, uh, and the god is uh, taking sacrifices in order to be itself be a god because gods always want sacrifices. Uh, and in order, uh, or it, it gives the town like good good stuff. I I just stopped knowing how to talk, <laughs> <laughs> but you, you get the idea, yeah. dude. Whenever they do anything, like anytime uh, you put like pagan gods and rituals into like a modern setting in fiction that is so cool i can so get into this kind of stuff like <laughs> watching like a town like is a it's kind of like a stephen king kind of a, a thing where like a Definitely. town will sell its soul like uh, man that's so good that's just so good and that's essentially what it. we get here is this town i mean it, it didn't sell its soul but it might as well have sold yeah. its soul to this scarecrow god and all the towns around it have completely died out, and the fact that they are able to thrive is a clear sign that something is uh, something's wrong here. Yeah, but yeah, so that's I just want to talk about that cold open because it's so good. Uh, and then that's whenever we get the call from Dad. Uh, also notable, first time we get shirtless Dean in the show. That's a thing. <laughs> I just want to point really that thought, out. Didn't we? Didn't we get uh, shirtless Dean before he? All of his teeth fell out in the Yeah, that's episode. gross, though. <laughs> I'm just saying. Like, don't call something the first. Also, that's not really Dean. That's Shifter Dean, so it doesn't count. <laughs> oh, okay. I didn't realize. <laughs> that's really funny. So this um, is the episode where all of the strife between the boys finally builds up, and uh, it comes down to Sam is trying to be independent. He's trying to, he's like, screw this. I'm going after Dad. I don't care what you say. And Dean is obedient to a fault to their dad. And he's like, no, I, he gave us an order. We're doing this. They get in their little tiff and then they break up. And Sam just is like, screw it. I'm hitchhiking. I'm walking out of here. Yeah. It's actually yeah. a really, and, and Dean just like, like just takes off and he could tell he kind of doesn't want it to end this way, mm -hmm. but he's also not willing to like go through the emotional like hoops that it would require for Dean, for Sam to come back. Yeah. Like he's not going to, he's not going to not do what his dad told him to do. Like Dean's not going to just like go off on something. Like, another, he's just going to uh, do what his dad says. You get another choice yeah. quote from Sam that is repeated in the intros. Uh, where he says, I don't understand the blind faith that you have. <laughs> and Dean also says something along the lines of, it's called being a good son. <laughs> These things get repeated a lot. I'm sorry that I'm yelling them so much. Oh, and no, it's, no, no, it's, it's good. It's good. Whenever I think back on Supernatural, these like certain quotes always stick out in my head because they're repeated so frequently in the uh, intros. Um, so yes, yeah, Sam disappears to go hitchhiking and Dean has to handle this uh, scarecrow case on his own. And as much as Dean is more capable than sometimes, at least as a viewer, I give him credit for, he's also a little bit hopeless with some of this stuff. When it comes to kicking <laughs> monsters' asses, no problem. He can get the job done. Uh, but when it comes to interacting with people, he's really bad at it. And I do really like the little, you know, one man drifts into town and starts playing detective i like that this the setup of this in the way that mm -hmm. he looks around for clues by himself but it's like some of these scenes are like 
actually hard to watch with the scene yeah, in the diner. He's, he's so was, creepy. Yeah. He's like, hey, I could totally take a look at your car if you want. You know, You're like, cool, please right? leave it for <laughs> Sorry, no. but I'm skipping forward a lot. So but Yeah. I like the interaction <laughs> he has with um the guy he called. Is the guy's name actually Scotty or is he just calling that? I think he's – I don't know. That's just what he calls him, but it could be yeah. his name. <laughs> I really like that first interaction with him because he totally calls Dean out on his fake uh, classic rocker name. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and Dean's like, oh. Wow, you really you really know your Zeb, man. Like, yeah, everybody knows who that dude <laughs> yeah, is. everyone knows who one of the greatest drummers of all time is. <laughs> <laughs> I'm Detective Mick Jagger from the Rolling Stones. Wow, you really know your music, man. <laughs> I'm Sheriff Beyonce. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sure we'll get there. They're gonna have to start making references oh. to things that kids can understand. So. That's the thing. I want like I want like Sam and Dean's kids. That's what they use. Is like it's like well, this is Detective uh, Bieber and Detective Cyrus here. Hello. I want to say Detective Bieber comes up at some. Point, Does it? They make some. Yeah, I want to say that because I remember like a really bad Justin Bieber joke later in like ten season ten, eleven, or twelve or something. Like, I can get into there's that. Some stuff in there. Yeah, yeah. So while Dean is stumbling oh, around man. this town, incurring the wrath of the locals, uh, we cut to Sam walking backwards down the highway with his thumb out, hoping for hoping for love. And I've never noticed this before, but when he turns around and Meg, who is going to be an important character, when Meg appears right behind him, she's sitting on the highway, this cute girl with her little fun haircut. She's sitting on the side of the highway with her headphones in. But Sam would have just been walking in that direction two seconds ago. I'm sure he wasn't yep. walking backwards for a mile and a half. I never stopped to consider the fact that she essentially just appears there when he's not looking. And when he turns around, there she is. Uh, and she claims to also be a hitchhiker heading off to California to find whatever she's looking for. It's it's interesting, too. Like, I, I've always taken this scene as, like, Meg has been stalking the boys. And now they that she's, like... And I don't, I don't know why they just don't show her like being in the, uh, like in the woods or something, like spying on him. Because it would make more, way more sense if she saw the fight, saw Sam leave, and then set this whole thing up for him to find her. Yeah, because well, right now Instead, they, they try to play it like she's just some random chick that's like, hey, you know what? Maybe Sam's right. He doesn't need to follow these orders. But like, she's kind of almost really annoying until we actually figure out what she's doing. Well, no, she she just stays annoying. Like Meg right. is going to be continually I, I annoying. Like, I like I kind of like Meg after we. I, I do too. Like Meg is off, fine. but like up until yeah. this point, I'm just like, why is she so upset about Sam wanting to see her brother or because his she, brother? She like, has oh. a job to do, and her job is that she's supposed to convince Sam to yeah. get away from mm-hmm. us because that's what the plan is. Is you can't have the boys together because Dean is, Dean is going to protect Sam. Absolutely, yeah. And it's yeah, this, <laughs> I don't want to go too far into it because we'll, we'll spoil everything. But yeah, but man, Meg. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but but like she gets a- she gets picked up by like the creepiest dude in the creepiest van. Is like yeah. see ya. <laughs> Sam has this creepy mind. He's like you trust creepy van guy, but not yeah. me. <laughs> but this isn't the only time that that Meg just appears in this episode. I, mm. I realized it once I noticed it the first time uh, when Sam is trying to uh, get a bus ticket and realizing that. The lady is completely unhelpful, and he's basically going to be stuck there for the night, uh, which is an important plot device because you got to keep him nearby. Mm-hmm. He he turns around, and suddenly Meg is there again, just sitting there. And it's like, 
in the same position I think that she was in before, just like her legs crossed. Yeah. Um, Doing the manic pixie dream girl thing. Yeah. Like, yeah. Like, very much so. Yeah. like, oh, hey. And- when does, uh, when do we see the scene where, because uh, I, th- I thought it was this guy, that she, like the guy that picks her up where she cuts his throat and like. Oh, that's the blood. very that end. Happen? That's the stinger of Is the it the very end? Okay, okay. Well, yeah. Spoilers. I'm sorry. It's funny though. Of course, well, you know, while Dean's off investigating, uh, Sam, he actually picks up his phone and he's about to call Dean. Well, I think he, he's a, he's someone has to, a missed call, right? Like one of them sure, calls the no, other no, one no, and no. they don't pick up, I thought. He's about, he's no, no, about no, no. to there's, call There's Dean. extended scenes of both of them like thinking about calling yeah. each other and like scrolling <laughs> through their contacts. Because I remember thinking like Dean's contacts are like Rachel, Yvette, <laughs> it's all these chicks. <laughs> like, and I was Sam. like, that's weird. <laughs> it's right when Sam is about to press call that he looks up and sees Meg and then he puts his phone yeah. on because he's like, mm-hmm. oh, hey, you. Yeah. It's like she's just appeared just the right, at the right time to intervene between him and his brother once again. And then I don't know what kind of bus stop they're at. Granted, I, I haven't been on too many buses in my life, but they just, they just start drinking beer. They like get some beers. Yeah, they just start having some beer. <laughs> I would totally hang out at that bus stop. It looks great. And they're, and they're bonding how their free spirits need to get away from their families. Essentially. Yeah. <laughs> I would totally hang out at that bus yeah. stop. <laughs> they've like, they've really... knocked back like a few of them. Yeah. It's like not like they're yeah, they got, like, it's clearly not root beer because nobody has like six root beers. <laughs> well, yeah, I'm just, Chris, you've never been to one of my parties. So. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing like a Stephen party, and a Stephen party don't stop until we all run out of root beer. <laughs> also, there's one there's one last thing I noticed at this bus stop. Uh, it's one of the later scenes when he's Sam is like, "Oh, I got to go back to my brother," but there is a man standing behind Jared Padalecki at the counter ordering a ticket. He's super tall, has super long hair and is wearing a plaid shirt. And it just looks like Sam from like the later season. <laughs> <laughs> and like, it has to be his stunt. You, double, you like, have to watch out, dude. That's going to be a plot in a future season where it turns out he has to time travel back in time to make sure he does go back to his brother. I wouldn't even be a little bit surprised. <laughs> Would not be surprised by that whatsoever. That'd be pretty yeah, cool. Yeah, if one of the showrunners caught wind of this, they would just say, hey, yeah, let's do that. Let's look at that one scene and just make him dress like that. That shows up in season 13. <laughs> we deserve like 10 bucks at least. Yeah, for sure. Or, hey, just just a visit on set. Oh. I'll take that. Yes. <laughs> All Vancouver. right, sure. Yeah, that one. Anyway, let's let's get rid of yeah. our fantasies and start talking about our actual other fantasies. No. Um, <laughs> so where at this point, like, uh, I don't quite remember what the setup with Dean is. Like, I think at this point, like, they've called the cops, right? Like, because Dean is goes into the um, the restaurant or whatever, and like is being like that laughy, jokey, like, "Hey, can I get a slice of that pie?" and all this stuff, and like the dude just straight calls the cop on him and they kick him out of town. Yeah. Right? yeah. Because they just I, they don't want sure anybody poking around. Right? Because he, when he first shows up in town, he as he has pictures of the people who've gone missing, and he said, "Hey, have you seen any of these people?" Scotty is immediately because he's in on it, so he's just like, "Nope, haven't seen him." Um, and immediately his red flags are up. Like, we don't want this guy in town, no matter what. This isn't some innocent little shit. Like, we he needs to be gone right away. Uh, but when Dean goes to, I think it's like the, the gas station, uh, when he sees that old couple, he shows them the pictures, and they're like, "Oh, sorry, no, we haven't seen him." Uh, but the young daughter that we saw, or she's like their nephew or she's their niece. She's not a nephew. She's a niece. Uh, the niece comes out and she's like, oh, hey, one of those guys have a cool tattoo like she had noticed in the cold open. And so she's the one who kind of spills the beans a little bit because she's not in on it. Uh, and she says, yeah, we did see that guy. And then the old people are forced to tell Dean, yeah, he was here. And that's what puts Dean on the trail. Uh, and that's why the cops have to run him up. And then he figures uh, out he figures out like basically on his own mm-hmm. that it's this sort of like fertility right 
Uh, and he goes to the local college like Sam would to talk to uh, the smoking man from the X-Files. Yeah. Yep. I'm super – okay. <laughs> Great. I didn't feel like looking it up, but I was pretty sure that that's who that was. Now, before yeah, he gets there, absolutely. though, yeah. they actually talk on the phone. Sam and Dean actually have a conversation yes. as he's on his way to the uh, to the college. And Sam actually sounds like – he's like – you can kind of tell he wishes he was there helping mm-hmm. with the hunt, just like the tone of his voice. Um, and you can tell that he's, he's starting to really wrestle with the idea of, um, being separate from Dean. So they have a nice moment here where Dean starts to try and apologize, but he can't find the words for it. And Sam just says, I know, I'm sorry too. And like, I wish that they had more of that kind of communication. <laughs> they're, they're, yeah. they're clearly both bad at any communication. So <laughs> just say you're sorry. <laughs> yeah, this, I, I actually kind of like it when Sam and Dean are apart. Like, I know that's not the show. The show goes out of its way to, like, kind of pull them apart and create this conflict where it doesn't really need to be there. But for now, like, this being the very first time we're seeing this, this all works for me. Like, it, yeah. it's trite and cliched now having seen 12 seasons of this where, like, they come up with, like, more and more insane ways to make these brothers mad at each other. But for now, this works. Like, mm-hmm. there's actual real conflict. Like, Sam is fucked up about his mom, about his girlfriend, about his dad, and now about his – and it's getting in the way of his – relationship with his brother and this this is this is good and i i really really like it when dean goes solo like when dean is hunting on his own it's always a really good time because he's like laughy and quippy with these with these people that he's protecting and it's always fun even when he stumbles dean is still he's he's always gonna figure out how to get back on his feet like when he gets run out of town he's like well, I guess I'm just gonna fucking wait here then, because those <laughs> people are gonna get sent to this goddamn orchard. <laughs> and that's well, what he the does. thing is, well, no, actually, what happens is, yeah, he waits. That's before he. Uh, that's whenever he figures out he needs to go to the colleges because he shoots. He saves the couple and he shoots the uh, the um, the scarecrow because he think it might just be possessed by a spirit or something uh, with the rock salt, and it doesn't even phase it. Like it just right. it makes a noise and it keeps on trucking towards him, but. Uh, you can tell, though, that once they get out of the orchard, the scarecrow can't do anything. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's when he decides that he needs to go. He he figures out that it must be a god of some sort because he realizes the pattern of the time of year, the idea of it being a couple, and that they're pampered before they go there. So that's whenever he decides he needs to go to the college. And when he's at the college, you find out that the smoking man is totally in on it. Like mm-hmm. this, this, this thing is so – like it spreads so far and it's so big that it's like, – because do we know how far away the college is from that town at all? No, but it's I mean, I mean like within like, the region. I'm just wondering like yeah. how far spread it's, it's within plot distance. Is. Yeah. <laughs> but it's just like I like I love that whenever like you've got like a creepy town and then you try to get to a source outside of it and it turns out that like there this thing reaches so much farther than you can imagine. Like I'm wondering how far the whenever they eventually defeat this thing, the orchard does die, how how much that's gonna really affect people. Yeah. And uh Dean gets a rifle butt in the face for his uh yeah. his nosiness although i do want to say when he when dean shows up at the orchard to save that couple i feel like that that scene is incredibly necessary just to redeem dean in the eyes of like those people because yeah. like we said he is so creepy in that diner and i literally like on uh ps4 when you you can do like 1.5 times speed to fast forward it so everybody mm-hmm. just talks really fast but you can still like uh, hear what they're saying i had to do that for that scene because i just like i can't <laughs> i can't deal with it it's so awkward and like i don't like using the word cringy but that's kind of what it is uh so he finally like when the couple shows up at the orchard and they're dumbfounded to uh, realize that that stranger they saw was totally right that they were in danger uh and then dean shows up and kicks some ass and saves them and i'm like yeah thank god uh but what happens with those people 
because you'd think that they would they would go and tell somebody. Steve. I don't know. I yeah, don't I guess know. they just keep driving. <laughs> I don't know. That's <laughs> yeah. Like the again, just the wake of destruction. Like they they don't they take no worries about like trying to justify it with these. Like there's no like memory eraser from the Men in Black. Like that would be real <laughs> handy for a lot of this stuff. Yeah, they well, just, we get they those eventually it. in a different form though. True. That's, that's true. Thank you, Kaz. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I'm, I'm kind of, I, I, as much as I like this episode and I do, I get lost in the chronology because we're switching, switching back and forth yeah. between Sam and Dean so much. But, um, Sam at, at some point realizes that like he can't get in touch with Dean and so decides he's going to rush back. And like Meg is really upset about this. Like, Hey Meg, like calm down. Like, yeah. what, I don't know you. Yeah. Like what? I, yeah. We, we, we just had six beers together. That doesn't make us friends. <laughs> like she's freaking out <laughs> suspiciously hard for sure. Mm-hmm. And like I said, the first time watching this, I was just like, this character is so annoying. Like, why? And then, obviously, this all gets redeemed a little bit. So, this is where Dean just wakes up in a cellar, right? And no. Yeah, that's what I was just about to ask. Is how, how we get to this part, because I don't remember. <laughs> before we cut to Dean in the cellar, we see the all, like, the town elders, like, the couple that runs the gas station, Scotty and the cop. Um, are all talking about like, Hey, like I understand we can use the guy, but why does it have to be her that we, cause obviously they Dean ruined the sacrifice ritual. So they have to, they're running out of time. They have to get this done. And the old guy is like super, he's very visibly upset about something. And then that's when we cut to Dean down in the cellar and then they wind up throwing their niece down into the cellar as well. And she's like, what is going on? Cause I guess she hasn't had really like, she knows nothing about what's going on. Right. Yeah. Yeah. She's an innocent in all this. Like they've been sacrificing these people, but she has no, no idea, which is why she pointed out like, Oh, th- we know this guy. That was the one with the tattoos or whatever. Um, and so I, I guess it like, once you hit, once you get of age, they're going to tell you, tell like, what is that conversation? Like, like, okay. <laughs> hey, you got to start First murdering off, people. Um, so <laughs> always use a condom. Don't share needles. <laughs> And by the way, we sacrifice two people every 15 years to, to, <laughs> so that we can make great apples. Like, right? Like, that's the conversation that has to happen. It's just bizarre. Yeah, this is really sad and messed up. And, like, this is – I don't know. Uh, I hate to keep comparing stuff to Stephen King. But, like, have you guys seen The Storm of the Century, that miniseries? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, that is super frustrating at the end when the town makes the decision that it makes. And this is a very similar thing. I'm like, wow, like, you guys are a bunch of – dicks like you're just gonna like oh our niece she got the 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 betterment of the many is more important like whatever dude yeah so let's just pick the, the youngest girl in town and kill her instead of <laughs> one of these so old ladies and to to the to uncle dick and aunt dick like to their credit they at least argue about it a little bit with like their town elders like they're like why does it have to be her like you know that kind of yeah, but then he's still convinced like, it's not enough. Yeah, but then they still do it. Like yeah. <laughs> They don't really fight that hard for <laughs> I was like, but does it ha- – okay, it has to. It's because right, she spilled right. the beans on, on the tattoo guy. Oh, yeah, okay. So you fucked up, girl. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, they tie her and Dean to some trees, right? That's the – we cut to that. Yeah, sure. And yeah. we have this like weird thing where Dean's like, I got a plan. I'm working on it. And uh, then it cuts to – Nightfall, I guess, and she's like, "You don't have a plan, do you?" <laughs> He's like, she's like, "How's that plan coming?" He's like, "I'm still thinking." He's and in like, my mind, it's been like four hours of Dean just storming, not saying anything, anything, not a single word. I, yes. do, I do like the Dean line of whenever they all, when all the people walk off, he's like, "I hope your apple pie is freaking worth it." Like, I love yeah. that. It's so good. <laughs> Although we know that Dean loves pie, 
He does love pie. I don't think it's come up he yet, does love but pie. eventually we his pie his love. He of tries pie to is order some of the. Yeah, yeah. This yeah. is the first time we see him like with the, this. Maybe this is where he starts his love affair with pie. True. You know? like maybe this was. This is pie zero. Which is yeah, it's the world's <laughs> best pie. So. Yeah, I mean, it took a lot of dudes dying. Mm-hmm. So. Mm-hmm. And this is where you know Sam's spicy senses have been tingling for too long, so he heads to the apple orchard just in time to uh, to free brother i love that uh dean says like sam how did you get here so fast and he's like i, I stole a car and Dean's <laughs> like yeah, yeah boy yeah, yeah you did <laughs> well this is a genuinely like a super like it, it's really great how well this moment works where like i feel like dean's excitement you know whenever i'm watching I'm like yeah they're back together like they i do like whenever the boys get split up because then when they come back together it's usually really exciting and it's done in a really fun way like this, or you just like it's like a real like fist pump kind of a moment. Like yes, like they're back together and they're gonna be better. And if they don't get better, it only gets worse. But you know, but they still have that like honeymoon uh, reunion moment each time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Where Dean is like, you know what? Me, yeah, maybe I wish. Oh, he says, I wish I could be like you or something like that. Maybe it's on the phone when he says it too. But he says to Sam, like, I wish that I had your independence. I wish I could, yeah, uh, not do what Dad tells me to do. But that's just how I am. Uh, but they seem to come to a little bit of an understanding, at least for the time being. Mm-hmm. I think that kind of sums up the episode, right? That's pretty much it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. like they just they just leave at this point. Well, and they like, get, this they get cornered. They get cornered by like all of the old people, which I guess they're just going to shoot them. Which I guess that counts as a sacrifice, right? Uh, in the sure. orchard, uh, but then the scarecrow winds up killing uh, the old couple, uh, the aunt and uncle of the of the girl. Um, which I don't know. I guess that doesn't count as a sacrifice because then they're like, "Oh, the town's going to die now." Like he he got his couple. I mean, they're old, but they oh, no. still got they, him. He did get his couple, but then they torch the tree the next day. Oh yeah, that's right. That's that's what it is. That's yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, because I was just about to ask um, whether or not like this was another one of those unresolved <laughs> episodes that I, had, I take exception with every time, like where they don't actually fix the problem. Well, they, they just leave. They kind of like, but no, they, they they do go back into the orchard in the daytime and like light it on fire. I think even the niece is like the one that set it on fire. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. She and then they fire just dangerously close to her face too. They ship her off on a bus to Boston, and they're like, "You think she'll be all right?" Yeah, she'll no, be all right. And nothing's better in Boston, I can tell you. <laughs> the people are mean. <laughs> the weather is always terrible. <laughs> Currently getting dumped on by snow. She's not going to be all right. Keep telling yourselves that, though. <laughs> And man, now we get to a stinger, and boy, oh, do so I love good. this! This is yeah. so good. This is this is just so fucking good. Uh, the setup here is that Meg is uh, hitching a ride, and this dude is like being very like lecherous with her because he looks like that dude that's going to be lecherous with somebody. Mm-hmm. Um, he looks like his last name too. is lecherous. Like his name, <laughs> yeah, exactly. He's like, Hi, I'm Ronald he's Lecherous. <laughs> <laughs> he's Ronald B. Lecherous. That's just me. <laughs> I'm lecherous. That's ooh, that's my porn star name. Oh no! no. I, was, I was braised on lecherous street. What do you want me to do? <laughs> um, but she she cons him into uh, pulling over on the side of the road by saying like nothing at all. Like yeah. hey, like how I might we, have an he's interest. Like, where he's where do like, you want to go? And he's like, how about we pull over? And he's like, sure, this seems yes. normal. <laughs> And then she shanks him, uh, cuts his throat, collects his blood in this like uh, goblet of blood, which it's great. I was again, 
as we're, as we're to record these, I usually have the Wikipedia page up so I can just kind of skim through to see like interesting stuff. And, um, it notes in this, for this episode that this is the first appearance of the Goblet of Blood and the Goblet of Blood has a entire Wikipedia page about it and every single appearance, it which it's one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14 times, including this first time that nice. the Goblet of Blood is going to appear. <laughs> so fun times. I can get into a um, Goblet of Blood, so it's all right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, if you're gonna have a goblet, right? Mm-hmm. Better fill it with blood. <laughs> Better fill it with blood. Uh, this is another example of how great the classic rock mm-hmm. soundtrack works on this. Bad company, like that bad, bad, bad company, company song. from the yeah. album Bad Company. Mm-hmm. Yep, yep, yep. <laughs> this is this, I, I just love this song. I've always loved this song, and it's like the perfect uh, song for this scene. Because she is literally bad company. Bad company. Yep, yep. Um, and she's and, talking and she, to somebody through the cup. Yeah, she's using the Goblet of Blood as a communicator. We get like some kind of rudimentary CGI of like the blood spinning around, mm-hmm. but even with it not being great, I think it still really, really works. Like this is this is all good. This this is so de- metal. Like, yeah, this is got to be one of the clearest indicators of the overall growing plot. Of course, we have we know that John Winchester is hunting after the thing that killed uh, their mom and all that. Uh, we know Sam is developing some psychic what's its. Uh, although it's mentioned, I mean, it's mentioned a little bit before. And then we have the psychic episode, and then we have uh, some jokes made at Sam's expense in the Asylum episode. But I don't think any of that comes up in this episode whatsoever. No, no, no. Um, no. But we do find out, you know, that it's a demon that killed their mom. Which the only other experience we have with the demon up until this point is the uh, the um, the one on the plane. What in the hell is that called? Phantom Traveler. Oh, God. Phantom Traveler. Yeah, and like not the best representation of what demons will be. Uh, for the next couple of seasons when they're at their coolest. Mm-hmm. But like this is – because do, do her eyes go black here? I can't remember exactly. I don't think they do. Or maybe they do. I don't know. I don't I really don't remember. Because I think it's just more focused on the fact that she is like talking to somebody. She's just like, yeah. Yes. Yeah, I don't, I don't think she goes black eyes. Yeah. I don't think they want to really she does, reveal she, – yeah, she does say father though, right? Mm-hmm. Like that's that's yeah. a very clear. Like she's talking to like some sort of like you get the idea that it's like you know like a, a, definitely a higher up from her or some something. Yeah, so, yeah. yeah. Also, she's talking to Good a stuff. cup of blood. So sure, <laughs> she's talking to a cup of blood. Like yeah, is it metal? Uh, <laughs> yeah. I've been hanging out yes. too long. Yes. The uh, and that that kind of does us for the for these three episodes yeah. and for this episode of the podcast. Um, I just I want to quickly mention. I don't know if you guys remember this, but in a, in a previous episode we recorded, I floated the possibility that in the episode Skin, that at the end of the episode is actually the Skinwalker and not not oh. actually Dean. I don't know if you remember that. That yes. was a, that was a running theory yeah. that I was yeah. having. Um, unfortunately, and when I when I was watching these three, the uh, Missouri and the episode oh yeah proves. Yeah, so that's too bad. I thought I, I thought I had maybe like cracked the code of supernatural. <laughs> like maybe there was a secret from season one that they were still rolling with, but no, immediately no, debunked. Just, you know, it's immediately debunked. Yeah, it's very oh, sad for you me. You tried. Uh, it's okay. I really I really like these three episodes. Mm-hmm. Um, Asylum is, is pretty weak, and and Stephen, you mentioned earlier. I think it's pretty skippable. Like I don't. I wouldn't. If, if you're rewatching this, I don't think that that's a, that's a particularly necessary episode. Um, but the the first and the third that we t- we covered, Home and Scarecrow, are just great episodes of Supernatural. Like yeah. again, I keep saying it as we record these. Like I'm super surprised at how much I like season one. I, I really thought going back was going to be kind of a misery. 
because the, the, in season two, three, four, and five, like it steadily ramps up the world so that it gets really, really good. But man, they were coming out of the gate with some great episodes. They really were. Right? Scarecrow, especially, like you would think, because it's it's a very monster of the week thing. Like it's it's pretty standard. There's a monster haunting this place, and they they take care of the problem. But they again, they find a real cool way to weave in some of the overarching uh, uh, plot um, that we're going to see develop uh, like crazily over the next few episodes um, because home is like, that's kind of a big deal. They're going back to their home and they're dealing with stuff with their mom and stuff like, and we actually get to see John. Um, so I just like, yeah, Scarecrow is such a standout for this entire season. I think like this is, I actually forgot it was in this season. I don't know why I thought that was in like season two or three. Um, but yeah, this is all good stuff. Definitely. Chris, do you have any final thoughts to wrap us up in the episode? I think you guys covered it. Uh, like you said, these episodes are, again, surprising how good they are. Uh, Scarecrow was always one of my favorite ones, though. I just love the mythology of the episode. And, yeah, I'm, I'm still excited to watch more of the show. And, yeah, that's all I got. So uh, we'll be back next week, and we're going to be covering uh, another three episodes. Uh, Faith, Route 666, and Nightmare. Route all of 666, which I can't that's what you've <clears throat> I know I've been I've been I've been talking about it a lot, and we're going to get there. And I'm I'm hoping it's going to live up to the <laughs> anticipation, like only a racist truck can. Yeah, uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's good. This is um episode five or six, and I just wanted to say thanks for everybody supporting it and going out there and putting in iTunes reviews and rating us. It really really helps out. Mm-hmm. Thank you very much. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can find the podcast on Twitter at MOTWcast. We're also on Tumblr, Instagram, and Facebook at various Monster of the Week pages. So hit up the Twitter and, and look at the bio, and all those links are there. And it'll also be in the show notes. Um, until next week, Chris, where can people find you on the internet? I'm at Local Bones on Twitter. Steven, where can people find you on the internet? I'm at FromSoft Junkie on Twitter. And you can find me at JG Greer. Again, thanks. This has been Monster of the Week, and we'll see you next week. Good episode, fellas. Yeah. Yeah, I'm really excited to talk about this. Guys, it's all right. <laughs> I'm used to it. Chris, say a couple of words so I can see if I still get an echo. Hello, my name is Chris, and I love Supernatural. Let me tell you why. The first <laughs> no, thing I love okay. about Supernatural is hump. Shipping. Oh. <laughs> well, shipping second. I'm getting a... Uh, like absolutely creamed by snow right now, so I can't wait to go deal with that when this is over. Is that oh, what wow. snow does I, to you? I'm in the south. So I, I had no idea just... what you were talking about. <laughs> yeah, seriously. <laughs> I was like, oh, should we come back later? Why is uh, <laughs> why is snow creaming you? I didn't know snow did that. <laughs> it gets real. It gets real creamy around here. Boys. <laughs> that's not. I don't want you Chris, to ever say those words snow. again. I don't know okay. what you guys thought about. <laughs> <laughs> I swear that's not so. It's just a giant man. Oh no! I'm trying to get these pipes lubed up real quick. God.
that's just just, just a really so fun, why fun you choose words. like the worst words, dude? <laughs> <Fun> <laughs> <new> yeah, because <words. laughs> they're funny. <laughs> he spent way too much time on supernatural Tumblr. Is all yeah. it is. Yeah. you guys oh, don't yeah. know the shit that I've seen on this Instagram. <laughs> I swear to God, uh, I watched Rogue One last night, and the uh, oh, yeah? the, the comedy relief that? it was really good. The, oh. the the comedy relief character is like this robot that runs around with um, I don't know the rebel whatever it doesn't matter, but uh, he <laughs> speaks in the same cadence that Castiel speaks a lot of the times. <laughs> you, you know how when Kaz is like um, like kind of just flummoxed by the world, and he's like, yeah. "How do cheeseburgers work?" Like this robot seemed. Yeah. Like, I, I almost looked it up to see if he was played by this uh, Misha Collins. I should probably. Oh, that'd that. be great! Oh my god, that would be awesome. If he made his way into a Star Wars movie, that'd be a hell of a come up. Yeah, that dude from Bloodlines <laughs> is like the main villain, so anything is possible. What? There you go. All right then. Am I spelling? Did you guys see the that? trailer for uh, Dunkirk? No, what's that? That's that the new. Yeah, his World War II movie. Oh. I'm way too big of a Christopher Nolan fanboy, though, so. I mean, I'm into Christopher so Nolan, but uh, fuck off with your war movies already. I'm fucking tired of it. <laughs> <laughs> no, I like this one, though, because it's going to be about a battle that I virtually know nothing about because I'm terrible at history. and uh, So I'm I'm actually kind of excited to see the story of Dunkirk. Oh, it was Alan Tudyk, not... Oh, not, not Misha Collins, but that's also. I didn't know that he was. I didn't know he was going to be in the Star Wars movie. That's cool. His his voice is definitely in the Star Wars movie. Hmm. I heard an interview with him one time saying that nobody. He was always really surprised in high school that nobody called him Alan Tudix. <laughs> <laughs> like he kept waiting for it to happen, and he was like, "It's never happened. It's really weird." Huh.